0: faith our foundation of the knowledge of you father that you reveal yourself uh, through your word and by your spirit father and so that we and father we thank you that your spirit and your word always are in agreement your spirit will never tell us father anything that violates any principle or word of the spirit uh, of the word of god Uh, and so father we thank you for that we thank you that your word is a sure guide that your spirit is a sure guide and father we give you the praise and the honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, let's open up our Bible to so the book of Philippians uh, chapter 4. We'll continue there uh, tonight. So we've gotten down to uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 12. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the thing, uh, and Paul is talking a lot about the, the financial support that the Philippian church had provided to him. And, you know, I'm thankful that Paul uh, has a lot of balance in these things. And... Um, You know, many times, in in when we hear teaching or preaching about uh, financial prosperity, which is a valid doctrine, uh, it seems as though sometimes that uh, we get a little bit, um, maybe overzealous. You know, I don't know the best word for it, but uh, maybe a little bit out of balance. And that that um, um, that the Lord will never put us in a position where uh, there may be uh, any kind of lack or difficulty, but. Sometimes because of the, of the mission that the Lord sends us on, there may not be resources when we arrive at that place and we have to use faith to uh, generate those resources in the hearts of people or, or in the surrounding area. Uh, the Lord is always able to provide, but you know there may be a short season where that's not the case. Now, it's never the case where the Lord uh, desires for you to be prosperous. In fact, the Bible says that he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. And so he's never going to desire for you to be uh, to have any lack in your life uh, and um, uh, and so if there's ever any lack it may be because of the assignment that the Lord has placed you in that you didn't have to use your faith to change that situation to where there's not a lack or um, of course we don't like talking about this if there's a lack it could be due to your own uh, your own actions right your own either lack of faith or you're not following the word of God you uh, in the area of financial prosperity what well, we if you search the word of God and study it study the The doctrine out what you find is that financial prosperity is always a result of your giving so if you want to be financially prosperous then you need to be a big giver Um, and when I say big giver I just mean a a generous giver it's uh, it's not the amount it's the amount relative to what the Lord has placed in your in your um, hands at that moment in time and so for one one person remember the the story with the with the uh, widow and, and the Lord said that she put in two mites which is just two pennies uh, basically, in our our uh, time frame, we would say two cents worth. Uh, and he said that she put in more than everybody because she gave out of her need, and they gave out of their surplus. And so, um, so it's not the, the the specific dollar amount that the Lord is looking at. He's looking at your heart. You know, are you willing? You know, basically, our attitude needs to be, Lord, all that I have is yours. You know, all the all the resources I have, all the things that I have, all the money that I have and all the time that i have is yours uh, and you do with it as you please and of course the lord in his grace allows us to keep 90% uh, generally speaking of our income uh, where he you know basically requires the tithe and the offerings are as we choose to uh, to bless him uh, and so that means that we have 90% of our income that we can use uh, at our discretion uh, of course in line with the word of god uh, and so we're thankful for that but you know are you willing to give you know, your car, I know people who worship their cars, right? Uh, I know a friend of mine had this, had this old car, and you could, you, know, you could sit in it, but you weren't allowed to breathe or move because he kept towels on the floor, and, and he was always looking over there at you. You know, you couldn't eat in his car. And, and, and um, I mean, I have three-course meals in my car lots of times, you know, and because so, uh, it's just a thing, amen? I like having a nice car and a clean car. Uh, but uh, I don't worship my car, and I don't worship anything that I own. Everything I have, uh, I could walk away from it. That's, that's my intention, you know. I know some people, uh, if they buy a house, they become attached to the house. They, I don't want to move in my house. That's my favorite house. It's the house I want to be in forever. You should, you should always try to avoid uh, having that much attachment to any natural thing because if you do, then you place that above the will and plan of God because if God needed you to move or sell it or give it away or something, and you're not willing to do that, you know, uh, then, then there's a problem. And so uh, that doesn't mean we can't have nice things. It doesn't mean uh, we, we can't have things that we enjoy. Uh, but but uh, at the end of the day, all that we have should be available for the master's use. Uh, and that would include our things, our time, and our money. Uh, and so, so Paul has said here in verse 12 that I know both how to be abased and how, I know how to abound everywhere. And in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry we translation says I know in fact how to discipline myself in lowly circumstances so have you ever been in lowly circumstances you know now again um, I remember one fellow was up preaching and, and uh, he was saying I you know uh, you know those times when when you're broke you don't have any money and the bill collectors are calling you know I, I don't think this is what's th- th- this is what it's talking about because that's a situation where you know you're not sent somewhere you're just working your regular job and because of Economic downturns, or because of, of how you manage your money, or whatever the source of it, of it is, you don't have the funds that you need. That's not the situation that Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about when you're going into a situation, and the Lord says, "Go." You go whether the resources there or not, and you believe God uh, believe God along the way, and uh, and there may be a, a short period of time where there are lowly circumstances, uh, and in that in that moment, then you have to be willing to do that. You know, it's uh, when you go, you know, when you go overseas. Uh, I've been overseas many times on mission trips, and, you know, although uh, financially I'm I'm stable in those things, but the facilities and the environment and the the locations aren't nearly the same level of comfort that they are in the United States. You know, the temperature's hot, the beds are uncomfortable, the rooms are small, the water is cold, the food is questionable at best. And so in those things, those are, those are lowly circumstances, not from a financial perspective, but in other perspectives. Um, are you still willing to go? Right? Is it a thing? Some people, they get into an environment like that in those lowly circumstances, and they can hold their breath for a day, but uh, maybe two days, but about the third day, reality sets in and many people want to go back home. And uh, uh, one of the missionaries that we support, his name is Nigel Burroughs. Uh, I just saw his his end-of-year, uh, he kind of gave an end-of-year summary. He, he preached in 50 different churches all over the world. Uh, and, um, and you know, I can guarantee you, there are some times where he's in lowly circumstances. But he loves it. He called to do that, and we're glad to support uh, that missionary there. And we as a church support, uh, support that missionary. Uh, and in um, fact, I think he's supposed to be in the state sometime. I think it'd be good for him to come by here if he's in this area. Uh, and I'll have to send a message to him to see if that's a possibility. I think everybody would enjoy uh, his messages there. But, uh, and so Paul said, I know, in fact, how to discipline myself in lowly circumstances. So uh, that means there's no complaining. It's not, oh, wow, this is so hard. Wow, this is just difficult. Wow, I don't want to do it. Uh, you know, We have to be able to discipline ourselves because the Lord needs to us, needs us send people. And sometimes he's got to send you in a situation where, there's, where all that stuff isn't there. But if you're just at home, you should have a stable financial life. Uh, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, even if you're giving, people say, well, I give it all away. Well, well, according to the word of God, then you can't outgive God. If you've given it all away and you don't have a return, then you have given more than the Lord has returned. And there's nothing in the word of God that says that, that your giving will ever, will ever exceed the uh, return of the Lord. And so uh, some, some math is not right there. Uh, Paul said also, I know, in fact, how to conduct myself when I have more than enough. Uh, and and uh, one of the phrases that Brother Hagen liked to repeat is uh, living an ostentatious lifestyle. Uh, and that's basically a showy lifestyle. Look at me, you know, uh, and, and you do things just to show and, and to prove that you're spiritual by the things that you own. Uh, and, and it's not about the things you own. It's, it's the fact that you desire for people to see the things that you own to think that you're somebody or an important person. And that, that, uh, that fallacy exists in many people, especially, uh, and including in their ministry. And Paul said, I know, in fact, how to conduct myself when I have more than enough. So uh, do you conduct yourself when you are well off? Do you conduct yourself well when you are well off? That, that's what Paul is saying there. Uh, you, do you know how to do that, right? I know, in fact, how to conduct myself when I have more than enough. So uh, do you know how to conduct yourself when you have more than enough? Um, do you start being foolish, or start buying everything, uh, you know, uh, Pastor John Osteen always said that you can't buy everything that you beat your beady little eyes see. Uh, and, um, and that's true. But some people, they get into money and that's what they do. They buy everything uh, it, that they could possibly see. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, that, that's, uh, that is not conducting yourself in a, in a disciplined manner because what happens when that money runs out, you know, some, uh, all the stories, the tales of people who have never learned how to discipline themselves in lowly circumstances, when they win the lottery, they go, they get out of control, and they buy everything in the world. Uh, and, of course, uh, it's unsustainable, and yet they don't really see it far enough away uh, to, to be able to discipline and conduct themselves well when they have more than enough. Uh, and, so, so, and so those are two extremes. Uh, and I know we mentioned uh, maybe last week or so where... I remember one minister was preaching and they said, unless you eat oranges the first year that you're in the ministry, you're not, uh, you're not called of God. And I just thought that's a really odd thing because I mean, God doesn't send you always, you know, sometimes, you know, rich people have to have, hear the gospel too. But if he sends you the rich people, I mean, you know, uh, I'm not saying he, he's doing that, but, uh, you know, everywhere he goes, not poor and destitute. Uh, and besides that, um, uh, where in America can you go where there's not some reasonable amount of prosperity where you don't have to eat oranges every day for a year? Uh, and so it's just, you know, it's one of those things where uh, my life was difficult and I didn't have enough faith. Uh, and so because my life was difficult because I didn't have enough faith, then your life should be dis- difficult. But if I look at your life and go, well, you know, if I could, I could do that same thing, but if I did it by faith, maybe I wouldn't have to eat oranges every day. Uh, and so, you know, it's one of those things that we can't brag on on my circumstances, that I'm more spiritual than you are because I had less than you had. Uh, and well, unless you work as hard for your stuff as I had, you know that that's again is putting all your all your prosperity uh, upon you and upon your greatness and upon your great faith. And so you've got to be careful of, of of taking pride in whatever circumstances you are. There are people who take pride in the fact that they've not ever had to go without. Uh, but, you know I had mentioned that story earlier but the fellow that got up and said you know those times when you're broke and you don't have any money and I'm thinking no you know all my life since I was saved you know I had no money growing up but all my life since I've been saved I've been a giver and a tither to the Lord and I've just never done without there have been times when it was where the circumstances were uh, constrained and um, although I had done uh, due diligence you know when I when I especially when I was in college I was on my own and and decided not to work while I was in college. I worked during the summertime during breaks, but uh, because I was an engineering student, it was hard to, uh, I mean, he could have done it. Plenty of people did, but I decided that I was going to, to prioritize my studies over, um, over uh, my finances, and so there were a couple of times when, when the money was tight, and I would pray and, and believe God, and, and supernaturally, more than once, he provided for me. Uh, and so, yeah, there were, those were lowly circumstances, but I prayed and got out of those lowly circumstances. And so, uh, but it wasn't because, you know, you know, those times when you're broke and, you, and the bill collector, no bill collectors were calling me because before they ever called me, I, I called the Lord. Uh, and He answered before the bill collectors ever called. So, you know, uh, I'm not impressed with, with people trying to elevate their uh, difficult circumstances above the Word of God and above faith. Um, uh, those things can happen. Paul said he knows how to discipline himself in those situations. Uh, and, and he said, in lowly circumstances. Uh, uh, and so um, that doesn't mean that he has no, nothing. It may be just things are, are tight, right? Uh, and so, uh, so we, we just have to find a the balance there. Amen. Your lack of finances is not a measure of your spirituality. Neither is your abundance of finances a measure of your spirituality. Uh, your faith alone is what, what, is what determines how spiritual you are so just be careful to keep that balance there and, and um, uh, if I'm in a situation where m- uh, my, my finances are constrained uh, and my prayers are not changing that situation then I go to the Lord and say what am I doing wrong and we know the story I think I told you uh, maybe even last week about Brother Hagen in when he, his first year of ministry he, he was broke and when he went to the Lord the Lord said it's your fault it's not my fault. And so he changed it around. But people a lot of times take that same story and say, well, look, Brother Hagen, he was broke the first year. Of his life. Yeah, but it was his fault. And once he changed that, the Lord said, well, now, now you're on the right path. But it does take a while to change that, right? I mean, uh, his faith changed immediately, but he still had to get to where um, uh, he was believing God in the right way. And uh, and a lot of that was because of how he, uh, how he earned his income was by preaching. Uh, and so... What he would do is once the Lord told him and instructed him how to obtain finances correctly, he said he intentionally went to small churches because you know you go to a big church and you you may get, I mean, uh, uh, you know if it's a really big church you could get hundred thousand dollars in one service uh, as an offering and, and um, you know that'd be a, that it'd be really uh, I mean you could brag about your great faith but you know you just showed up and they gave you a hundred thousand dollars so I mean it might be great faith I don't know but uh, so he intentionally went to small churches. Uh, And in in that day when he was out preaching and traveling, the the general process of receiving an offering was like thirty to forty five minutes to receive the offering, and the minister would get up and say, you know, uh, who's going to give five dollars? Who's going to give a dollar? And they and no and nobody would stand. They'd keep on they'd keep on working until eventually somebody stood up, Uh, and so it was an exhausting uh, process just to receive the offering, and so what what Brother Hagen did is he went to the pastor and said, look. Um, he said, don't make any big pull for money. Just get up and say, uh, everything we receive tonight will will be going to towards uh, Brother Hagin's ministry. And that's all you need to say. And they said, well, Brother Hagin, uh, if if that's all we say, they'll never give. Uh, and he said, that's fine. If they, don't, if they don't give a penny, he said, that's on me, not on you. Uh, and and so, so he started believing God for, at that point in time, he said that his weekly budget... Uh, Counting all his bills and everything he had to pay, and take care of his wife back at home and his house and his kids at home, he needed 150 dollars a week was his weekly budget, uh, and and so uh, he said one pastor asked him, "Well, what's your budget? What are you looking to get when you come here?" And, and brother Hagin, he you know he didn't like to uh, tell anybody because you know that was his faith, and well you know just 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 receive the offering and we'll take care of it. No, I want to know what your budget is. Well, you know, it's, don't don't worry about it. It's okay. You know, we'll take... He said, "I need to know." He said, "Well, I'm believing God for $150 a week," and he said the pastor fell out of his chair. I said, "Brother Hagen, uh, we've never ever received—I mean, I forget what the number was now—but uh, it was like $20 uh, ever, you know." He said, "If the Lord Jesus came here, I don't think we could get $100, and here you're believing God for $150." And Brother Hagen said, "Well, that's why I didn't tell you—that's my faith." Uh, and sure enough, uh, uh, for the, from that point forward, he always received. Uh, uh, at a minimum, the, that which he was believing for, $150. Sometimes it'd be like right on the money, $150 and 25 cents. Uh, but he always received it by faith. Uh, and so, yeah, he did have lean years, but the lean years would be because of his lack of faith and his, his uh, uh, lack of understanding of the word of God. In fact, the Lord told him to go back to a particular church uh, that he was pastored. He pastored several churches before he became a traveling minister in other words, to go back to that church because you, you, you did a disservice to them by not teaching them about their finances. Uh, and so, you know, we have not really taught much about finances around, around here other, other than just the general uh, scriptures of, about finances, but as far as setting aside an entire service for that, we really haven't done much of that. Uh, but uh, So I, I'm glad Paul is teaching about this here because we can, uh, we can have that discussion here and look at some other verses about what he said. So uh, the rest of that verse then from verse 12 says, in everything and in all things, I have learned the secret both to be satiated or be full and to be hungry and to have more than enough and to lack. And so Paul said, it doesn't matter what, whatever the circumstances are, I'm good. And that goes back up to the previous verse there about there with to be content uh, because you know the Lord's going to provide. So, so that's, that's uh, uh, we should learn how to abound. We should learn how to be abased if the Lord's called us to do that. You know, but if your lifestyle is not changing, if you're pretty much a, a stay at home person, then then that faith should be able to, to keep you s- stable all the time. It's really when the circumstances ex- external to you change and then you have to change your faith to line up with the, the circumstances to overcome those circumstances. Then that's when then those situations could occur where, where you might be abased or brought low in that circumstance. So keep the balance there. There's no, there's nothing spiritual about being broke. Uh, if you're broke, uh, who can you help? Right. Uh, if you have no resources no money no things to provide to people to help people uh, then, then, um, then there's nobody that you can help well I can pray for them that's great but sometimes people need a ham sandwich they don't need a prayer Right. and so if you can't buy them a ham sandwich then, then what good is it Right. and James talks about that uh, Jesus talks about that uh, if you just say oh bless your heart but you don't give them what they need then they go off still hungry Uh, And so, you know, the balance of these things is we should desire for the Lord to to provide for us an abundance of finances to help whoever the Lord desires us to help Uh, and to keep it at that and and, and to move on, right? That there's no, uh, your your walk with God is not um, more valuable because you have finances. You're not more spiritual because you have finances. It just, uh, that should be an outgrowth of your faith. Uh, And then, so then Paul continues in this verse and says, in verse thirteen: I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. And the reason he said that is because he's got two different circumstances. He mentioned to verse twelve about being abased and being abounded, and, and it takes uh, the Lord Jesus to strengthen you in both of those situations. So it doesn't just the Lord doesn't need to strengthen you just when you're when you're in need. He needs to strengthen you when you're you and you have an abundance, so that you don't go crazy, uh, and that you don't uh, uh, you don't start getting in pride and start getting arrogant and start uh, acting like you're somebody when you're the exact same person you were five minutes ago and so Paul said I can do all things I can do things where I abound I can do things where I'm abased I can do all of these things through Christ because he strengthens, he strengthens me and I wanted to read uh, this in a couple different uh, translations one says I have might for all things in him that empowereth me and, and I really like this verse because it's where it says, I can do all things through Christ who has strengthened me. If that's a true verse, then there's never a situation where we say, Lord, I can't do it. Uh, and, and that's where we have to guard our own, our own uh, words because many times people say, I can't do it. Uh, and, and the reality, the correct phrase should be, Lord, I don't want to do it. And that may be true. But to say you can't do it, then that negates this whole verse and says that verse is not true. I can do how many things? all things, right? So if it says I can do all things, then all things generally means all things, right? There's nothing, there's no situation that you couldn't overcome and you couldn't do if the Lord Jesus is with you and strengthening you. And if that's true, then, then you should never be able to say out of your own mouth, "Lord, well, I just can't do that. Uh, and, and so there may be difficult things he asks you to do, right? To pray or to be in a circumstance. And you know, there's been circumstances where, where they were difficult for me. And I didn't want to be in there. Yeah. And, um, and yet, if the Lord calls you to do that, then he calls you to do that. And you, and you have, to have, have to have the faith that you can do that through Christ. Uh, and, of course, oftentimes what people say is they kind of say that the negative of this, they make up the verse It's not really a verse that says, well, God won't put on you any more than you can bear. Well, that is not a biblical verse, right? That's not, uh, that's not even in the Bible. That verse isn't found anywhere in the Bible. Because God doesn't put those things on you to bear anyway that are difficult. Because he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is what? Is light, right? So if his his yoke is easy and his burden is light, then whatever he's putting on you is neither burdensome nor light. But what people put on you can be burdensome and can be heavy. And you have to believe God to keep those things off you by by casting all your cares upon the Lord. Uh, And so if you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, then that means uh, you can travel, you can pray, you can read, you can study, you can preach. Anything God's called you to do, you can do. Now, if there's things you can't do, then you might question whether Lord, the Lord's called you to do that to begin with. If you're just a complete failure at business or a complete failure at singing or whatever, you know, I've told you about those singing shows we see on TV, and they get up and they can't sing. And, well, who told you you could sing? Well, my mama told me I could sing. Well, your mama lied to you all your life. You know, you, you can't do things through Christ that you're not called to do. Uh, you can do things that you're not called to do, but you're not going to do them through Christ. Uh, and so he's only going to strengthen you in the areas that he's called you to, to do. So if you're if you're doing something that he's not called you to do, then, yeah, you're on your own and you may be successful. You may fail, but neither one of those are on, on the Lord's side. But if, if you're doing what he's called you to do and that doesn't mean just preaching, it could be any secular job because, you know, uh, I mean, in the in the ministry, you're only going to have one out of 100 people in the ministry uh, and, or maybe even less than that. So the other 99 people are called to work a job and to support the, the, the work of the local church, uh, both in time and energy and resources. Uh, and so whatever it is that you're called to do, you should be able to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so uh, you've got to guard your own mouth. I hear a lot of Christians just, you know, their, their confession is terrible. Their confession is, I just can't do it. It's just too hard. Uh, and you should, never, you should never use words like it's too hard or it's too difficult. You can say it's hard and difficult because it may be, but it can't be too hard or too difficult because if it is, then, it's, then it exceeds the capacity of the Lord to strengthen you. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's poor taste uh, to tell the Lord that you're unable to do that, which he's called you to do because, you know, from his perspective, he's given you his word, his spirit, uh, and caused you to be born again. Uh, what, what are you lacking, right? If he's put the, the same power that created the universe on the inside of you, how much power could you possibly be lacking? Uh, and so uh, that was Rotherham's translation says, I have might for all things in him that empowereth me. Uh, Phillips' translation says, I am ready for anything through the strength of the one who lives within me. And I like that, I'm ready for anything. Uh, and so the, the, uh, uh, Phillips brings out the concept that before the thing arrives you 're already prepared for it by the strength of the Lord because He lives on the inside of you uh, it, it shouldn 't take you as a surprise and, and knock you down and yeah i mean I had I did all these things for the Lord, but every time a new thing came, you know the, it set me back for a couple of years and uh, eventually caught up and well then you weren 't ready for every, anything that, uh, through the strength of one who lives within me um, and so we have a right as children of God to to be led of the Spirit of God, and He will prepare you for anything there 's been many many times when uh, things were going to occur in my life. And the Lord prepared me for them. Uh, and I, I've told you the story probably several times about the time that uh, they, were, they called a meeting at the church when I was running the sound and things were crazy and, and, and unreasonable. Um, and, and they called a special meeting of the praise and worship team. And the Lord spoke to me He said, uh, the meeting is a setup. Uh, they're going to just, uh, the, the whole meeting is to disparage you and, and, and I said, well, Lord, I don't, I don't want to go to that. You want to go to a meeting like that where they're going to go and just talk about you and run you down and, and, uh, uh, to your face? Right. Who wants to sign up for that job? And, and the Lord said, you go. I need you to go. And, and so uh, was I ready for anything? I was ready for anything. Now, it was a difficult meeting, you know, and, and I did struggle through the meeting, even even being prepared for it. I did struggle. that. I know, I know more now than I knew then. I wish I knew then what I know now. Uh, I would have been more easily prepared for it. Um, and, and so, but he, uh, I was ready for it, and we made it through it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a fun time, but, uh, but there's plenty of things like that that the Lord prepares me for things before they happen. Uh, and so I'm ready for those things. Uh, and one church says, I am capable of anything and everything in union with his who endowed me with power. Uh, and so I am, I'm capable of anything and everything in union, in union with him. Uh, and so, uh, are, you, are you capable of anything and everything? You know, that, that, should, be the, the, that should be the confession of every Christian. Uh, I, am, I am capable of anything and everything. And union with him, right? Uh, it has to be with him. I'm not in, in and of myself, I'm not able to do it. But I am capable of anything and everything in union with him. Uh, and so, if you're called even to a secular job. I know one job uh, that I had is my last corporate job. Uh, and, uh, like the second day of the, when I went back to work at that company, I'd been, I'd worked there before, many years before that. And I came back and they, they gave me a new job and it was a promotion from where I'd been before. Uh, and, um, they gave me this project of, Hey, uh, this company's wanting to sue us for $15 million. You need to go fix this. And I didn't even know how to spell the company's name hardly by the second day. Uh, and I had no concept of what the, I didn't, you know, I mean, I, I was a, a capable engineer, but it was a project and, and a, a product that I was completely unfamiliar with. Uh, and so I would go to work every day and, and I had an office, I'd close the door uh, and I would, I would pray. I said, Lord, I'm here today uh, by the will of God. Uh, and, uh, and I thank you, Father, that you give me the wisdom to execute this job, to do it uh, to, the, to the very best of my ability and that your ability in me Will cause me to be successful in this job, uh, and, and because and I, and I would specifically ask Lord grant me wisdom to know exactly what to do, and supernatural wisdom would just come throughout the whole throughout the whole uh, project, and finally we, we got it uh, uh, we got the project completed, and we were actually at fault, and and yet we still uh, were able to get it down to where uh, we did have to pay maybe one or two million dollars, but that's still. Uh, that sounds like a lot of money, but uh, if it's that, or $15 million, I think $1 or $2 million sounds like a lot better deal. Uh, and so, knew it was a billion-dollar company, so you know, they, had, they had the money to cover it. But, um, uh, but the Lord is able to, to uh, uh, I'm capable of anything and everything in union with him. Uh, and then uh, uh, one translation says, I am strong for all things, and the one who constantly infuses strength in me. Uh, and so are you strong for all things? Uh, and it's not in your power, it's in the one who constantly infuses you with strength. Um, and so, uh, and I, I was just doing some studies on the, where it says back in the King James Version, it says, I can do all things through Christ. Uh, that word do is really a very poor translation of, of the original word there, because it's such a big word. It's, it's actually... Uh, it means to be to be strong in body, to be robust, to be in sound health, to have power as shown by extraordinary deeds, to have strength to overcome, and to be a force. Now, I like that last one, to be a force. So I can be a force in all things through Christ which strengthens me. Uh, and that's not changing the, the, the uh, verse at all. That's what the definition of that means. So can you be a force in all things through Christ which strengthens you? Uh, and, and, uh, that's, and I think that way. You know, to, uh, I think there's nothing I can't do. Uh, there's nothing I can't overcome. There's nothing I can't succeed at. Uh, if I'm in the will of God, and if I'm in the will of God, then he's with me, and he infuses strength in me, and I am a force to be reckoned with. And that's not to to to, uh, to be prideful, to be arrogant, but that's what the verse says. I, I am a force uh, to do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Uh, and if the Lord strengthens you, you are a force. Uh, and so, you know, my observation is that the general a confession of, of average Christians is really poor. You know, they always, talk, they always talk about how hard it is and how difficult it is and all the life circumstances. And, you know, this person said that to me and this person did that to me. And, you know, this situation is going on. This thing broke and that thing was stolen. And it's always about all the bad things that go on in their life. And they never use their confession to change any of those circumstances to, to become uh, uh, lined up with the Word of God. Now, if you start saying, I am a force. Uh, in uh, through Christ with strengthens me. I have the strength to overcome through Christ with strengthens me. I have power as, as shown by extraordinary deeds through Christ which strengthens me. I am to be in sound health through Christ with strengthens me. I am robust and strong in body through Christ with strengthens me. That's all the definition of the word do there uh, from verse 13. And so verse 13 is just a great verse. You know? If that's true, then you should, then the words I can't do that should never come out of your mouth. Uh, it's too hard for me. It should never come out of your mouth. Uh, and so uh, if there are difficulties that, that can't seem to be changed or moved uh, or adjusted in your life, uh, then you go to the Lord and I always ask, Lord, what am I doing wrong? I never, I never say, Lord, this is too hard for me. Change my circumstances. I always go to the Lord and say, Lord, what's going on? And he may say, well, you got, this, got into the circumstances on your own, uh, but by my mercy, I will help you get out of it because you prayed. You know, the Lord is merciful and kind, and even if you got yourself into it, uh, you know, the Lord can get you out of it, but you, you know, you've got to be willing to hear from the Lord and to allow him to chastise you with the truth. Uh, uh, well, let's go back to, and discuss how you got there to begin with, right? And that's always the key, right, it is uh, uh, how did you get into those circumstances? And if you're there by the will of God, that's fine. The Lord will take care of you uh, without any trouble at all. Uh, however, if you got into the difficult situations because of your... Uh, 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 poor management skills or financial management skills or whatever then that's not on that's not on the Lord that's on you and he can still get you out of it but you know we, we did have one fellow come by the church one time when I was with my pastor and the pastor asked me to go and uh, to assist him to find out what he needed he was I've been a church member there for a while uh, and uh, he said well I, uh, I, uh, I'm financially I'm in financial difficulties I need some financial help. And I said, well, you, are you needing to borrow some money from the church or you just want the, money, the church to give you some money? He said, I'd like the church to give me some money. I said, well, I guess you're going to be bold, you know. Just, you know, be bold, right? Uh, and I said, okay, that's fine. I said, well, t- well talk, tell me about how you got into the circumstances you're in because, you know, why are you broke? Are you, are you uh, gambling your money? I mean, are you, are you playing the, the stock market? Are you playing the lottery? I don't know, right? And he said, well, I don't want to talk about that. well, but you've asked the church for help, so it's reasonable for the church to know that you're not doing something that the church can't support with your finances so that we can assist you. Well, now, I don't want to tell you. You really don't want to talk to me about why you're in financial difficulties. No, I'm not going to do it. I said, well, then this conversation is kind of over because, you know, we're here to help, right? We're not just a bank, a checking account. We're the church, right? We're here to help. If you're doing some things that are causing you to have uh, uh, difficult financial situations, you know, there is wisdom in the church, right? Uh, I can help anybody with their finances. And over the years, I've helped many people uh, in their finances. What I have found is, uh, and this is just an observation, every single person that had financial difficulty that I assisted were not tithers. Every one of them did not tithe. And without exception, everyone had a reason why they didn't tithe. And it was always the same reason. I can't afford the tithe. So you can afford your cable TV. You can afford your you know, your, your this or your that, your cell phones and, and things that, that uh aren't necessary for survival you can afford those but you can't afford to give the money that the Lord asked you to give from before the foundation of the world Uh, then then I mean all but all I'm going to tell you is what the word says so if you can tell me well I can't afford the tithe and I say well then you know then you don't have access to the blessings of heaven right because the Lord says in Malachi if you tithe and give offerings he said he'll open up the windows for you so but those blessings don't come uh, they don't come automatically they come as a result of you're giving and doing what the Lord said, right? And so just, just real quick, uh, we'll go back to Malachi just so we can read that, uh, and we may give you a, a, a short uh, summary of some things that we didn't actually preach on, on Sunday. But, um, uh, and so uh, here in Malachi, uh, uh, of course, we're, we're in the Old Covenant, right? Uh, and so uh, let's start out in um, um, verse 8 here, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Uh, and it says, uh, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee? And the Lord says, In tithes and offerings. So if you don't give tithes and offerings by the direction of the Lord, what is his perspective of that? He calls that robbing him, stealing from God. Uh, now, I didn't write this right. I mean, so you have to decide uh, is this true or not? It is true because that's what he says, right? Uh, and then he says in verse nine, "You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation." Now we get to what we were talking about on Sunday about judging uh, the Lord judging us. Uh, what does Galatians three thirteen say that we have been redeemed from what? That We have been redeemed from the curse of the law. So if, is, if that's true, then and it is true, then verse nine, uh, the first part of this verse in Malachi chapter three is no longer applicable to the church. So because they didn't give tithes and offerings, the Lord said, you are cursed with a curse. Well, why are they cursed with a curse? Because of the old covenant law. And the Lord said, you've got to do what I tell you to do. If you don't, you're in danger of being cursed by the enemy of God, uh, by Lucifer, who who had full authority in the earth outside the covenant of Israel. Uh, And so you were cursed with a curse if you violated the law. And so all the Lord is saying here, then you violated the law, and now you're on the devil's territory, and he has a legal right to curse you. Uh, We are redeemed from that. So that's the good part of that, you know, is that, well, what if I don't give tithes and offerings? Am I cursed? No. And I, I saw a minister, I mean, he was red-faced, spitting cotton, mad. You know, you're cursed with a curse. You know, pointing finger at the TV, you're cursed with a curse. Well, I mean, it says that, but th- that part is no longer applicable to the New Testament church. We are not cursed. And, and uh, Brother Hagen said that, you know, and of course I believed that for a long time. Because the only way for Galatians 3.13 to, to be true is if it's true, right? And so if it's true that we've been redeemed from the curse... Then, if there's a curse to be found, we are not, uh, we are not um, uh, under that curse, even if we do the things that would bring that curse in the old covenant. And so, uh, well that part, so that part's good. So that means I don't have to tithe or give offerings, right? No, if you don't give tithes and offerings, you're still a thief. You're just an uncursed thief, right? And so, uh, I don't know if that's a st- upgrade from from a cursed thief, you know, to 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 an uncursed thief. But you're still a thief, right? And so I'm not mad at anybody, but you're a thief, right? That's I didn't write this; the Lord wrote that. Uh, and so He didn't say that, that that you're redeemed from from the reality uh, of what you're doing. Uh, he just said that the, the curse of a result of your lack of following the Word of God uh, is not legally binding in the New Testament. And so, uh, so, 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 what's the status of the Christian who is not giving tithes and offerings? Well, they're not cursed. But then what's verse 11 or verse 10 say? Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that you have, that there may be meat in mine house. So why did he say it that way? Well, if you go back and look at the, the primary intent of the tithe was to feed and care for the 12th tribe of Israel uh, called the Levites, which were the one tribe who didn't get any resources when they came into the promised land. They didn't get any land, they didn't get any cities. Uh, they were supposed to be the ministers of God and they were supposed to live by the tithes and offerings of the nation. So the nation of Israel, the other 11 tribes, would bring a tithe to the Levites. So they didn't have to work or plant or grow crops or tend cattle so they could be full-time ministers for the Lord. That was the intent. And so, that, so they were, when it says meet in my house, it was, to, it was, naturally speaking, just to feed them, right? They wanted to eat. And it's not unreasonable to eat, right? I mean, some people, are, you know, uh, you know, it's amazing to me. People come to church for years and don't give any money. Uh, and I'm not mad at anybody, and I don't keep up with, with that. You know, if you don't give a dime, I'm not going to, you know, be looking at you with a cross-eye. But, uh, but uh, they come, and, and, and I'm thinking, uh, well, don't you care that the pastor eats? I mean, do you like to eat? Uh, and uh, I understand, you know, there's other things that the money is for, you know. It's not just for the salary of the pastor. But, you uh, I have never understood. I've never understood people come to church for years and don't, uh, don't, don't get involved in any giving whatsoever. Uh, it's, just, it's just odd to me, right? Because the Lord says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Uh, and, I, and, and my personal opinion in that is that your tithes specifically uh, are for the local church. Where do you, uh, there may be meat in mine house. So where do you get the majority of your feeding uh, as a Christian? Well, the majority of your feeding is from a spiritual perspective perspective should be your local church uh, and so the tithe should go to your local church uh, and um, and he says and prove so if you do that he said prove me thou now therewith he says the lord of hosts if i will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it uh, and so uh, that is a blessing that comes after bringing the tithes right that he'll he will open up the windows of heaven and people say, I need the windows of heaven open up to me. Oh, that's great. Let me go check your tithe record. Oh, uh, open up and a moth comes out. Then, then you're not qualified for the blessings. Now, you're not qualified for the curse either. So you're basically on your own. And that's where if the church could understand that, that yes, if you don't bring tithes and offering to the church, then uh, you are not cursed. And that's 100% true. You're not cursed. And if, if, and if you're not cursed, if God hasn't cursed you or the devil hasn't cursed you, I'm not going to curse you either. Uh, some ministers would, Right. Now I will wonder about you, and I, you know, I really feel sorry for you because you're not qualified for the blessings either. Because the Lord said, if you do this, He will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, or empty out a blessing to you, uh, that there should not be room enough to receive it. So an a, an abundant, uh, an overabundant blessing, not just a a basically barely enough blessing, but an abundant blessing uh, over and above that which you need. And so the only way to qualify that, qualify for that, is to bring a tithe into the into the storehouse, right? And a tithe, is 10%. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, there's a lot of arguing goes on about that. Uh, I'll tell you what my wife and I have always done. Uh, you know, we work a regular job. We're not a business owner. It's different if you're a business owner because how you calculate these things. But for us uh, as a regular working people, if we got paid $10 an hour, then we, we brought a dollar to the Lord. It wasn't $10 an hour, and, and then the IRS gets their cut, the state gets their cut, you know, and the mortgage gets their cut, and the car payment gets their cut, and then you've got uh, three dollars and ninety-five cents left, and so you bring thirty-nine cents to the Lord. Uh, we always bring a dollar because the tithe is the first fruit, and so it's the first before the iris gets their cut. It's before the the mortgage gets their cut. It's before the groceries gets their cut. And 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 we've always maintained that that's a, that's our number one. That, that's our it's the Lord's. It's the first fruit. It belongs to Him. It's not even mine because He said. Uh, Bring all the tithes uh, into the storehouse, and, uh, and other way, other verses that talks about how it's his tithe, so it's not my tithe; it's his tithe. It belongs to him. And the next blessing, so that's that's a pretty big blessing right there. The second blessing is, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Well, that right there, uh, you know, I know a lot of people the devourer uh, whose whole life is devoured, everything is consumed right their, their cars explode and their dogs die and the houses have uh, uh, leaky roofs and uh, and uh, it's everything breaks everything is devoured in their life uh, uh, and you know from my from my perspective if that happens more than once i start going to the lord now, lord you know uh, i keep buying these things and they keep breaking and being garbage uh, what's the deal and, the, Lord, and you know, the Lord's never told me this because I've always been a tither but, and, a, and a giver. Uh, but he may say, well, the reason is because uh, you've allowed the devourer. And that's not a curse, but it is a result of, of uh, your lack of action there. So it's, it's different there. But I know a lot of people, uh, they just live that lifestyle where just nothing works. Nothing is unsustainable. Uh, and they have no stability and their finances, no stability in their life, no stability in any of the things that they own. It's just always turmoil and chaos all the time. And that's because the devourer has not been rebuked. You see, uh, he didn't say he would sick the devourer on you, but he did say, so, so it's not a curse there, but if the devourer comes, uh, the rebuking of the devourer comes as a result of your faithful tithing and giving to the Lord. Uh, and so if you're not giving and uh, giving tithes and offerings to the Lord, then he's not unable to, it's not that he doesn't want to, it's he's unable to rebuke the devourer for your sakes uh, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, uh, and again, that's the same thing there about uh, about the, uh, the devourer and the destruction of the things that you have. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time of the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all the nations shall call you blessed, and you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord. Uh, and so, uh, <clears throat> so that's uh, and that's that's now that's what the Lord thinks about that. Uh, I think the key there is. Uh, we need to make sure that we don't start pointing a finger at everybody and say, you're cursed if you don't tithe. You're not going to be cursed if you don't tithe. But you're also not going to be blessed because you don't tithe, right? So the Lord's blessings come as a result of your tithing and not uh, because you're just such a wonderful person. Now, I'm sure you are a wonderful person, but that's not how this works, right? So anytime there's a promise in the Word of God that, that a blessing comes, what I always try to do is find out, well, what's my responsibility? What, what am I supposed to do? in order for this blessing to come. And in this case, there's two blessings, right? The blessing of the windows of heaven being opened up to pour me out a blessing. Uh, And the second one is rebuke the devourer for my sake. And and no destruction of my fruits will come come about because the devourer can't do it. Uh, And so I want the windows of heaven to be open and I want the uh, devourer rebuked for my sake. Uh, And so, but the only way I can do that is if I do what the Lord says, which is to bring the, the tithes and offerings. And again, to go back, what did the Lord say that that you were if you didn't bring uh, tithes and offerings to the Lord? He called you a thief, right? Uh, And so, uh, (laughs) now, the only problem with that is, let me go back to Philippians chapter four. The only problem with that, what did he call the devil in John 10.10? He he said, the what? The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so, uh, that makes you right up there with the devil, right? And so... I'm not trying to make anybody mad, but I didn't write this stuff. You know, my, my job's to report. Uh, your, your job is to decide, right? So uh, going back to Philippians chapter 4. But, you know, these things for a giver, these things are not hard to accept, right? Uh, a giver is like, oh, yeah, okay, no problem, I give. Now I remember uh, I didn't know anything about tithing. And, and uh, when the church that I, I started out, when I first got saved, said you should tithe. And I thought, okay, I just, I just assumed you're supposed to do that. The Word of God said, I just assumed you're supposed to do that. And so I started tithing as a teenager and never a single day has gone by where, I, where if I needed finances, I couldn't go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need, I need money for this or that. And the Lord provided, not, not, not a single, I need a job or I need a house or a car. Uh, I know one time, and uh, uh, we'll go on here, the next verse, but I was working this one job and it was a good job. There's nothing wrong with it, but uh, I had, the, it, it was a small drive, a short drive, some people drive for an hour or two every day just in one direction to go to work. This was about a 30-minute drive, a one way to, to work. And when I started working there, the kids were really small. They weren't even in school yet. But as I continued working there, of course, they started growing and started going to school. And it got to a point where I was missing, you know, uh, special lunches at, sco- at school. Uh, and, you know, if Chris was traveling, then, then you know, uh, one time uh, I had some important meeting, you know, that I thought was more important than my kids. And so I dropped off one of my kids to school knowing that they weren't feeling really good. Like, it would be all right, you know. And 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 then I drove thirty minutes to work, and and as soon as I got in the office, the phone rang. Of course, it's before I had cell phones. Um, And uh, your daughter's sick; you need to come get her. So I turned back around, and and so she had to stay sick at school for thirty minutes because I was so uh, so dumb to uh, to do that, Uh, and um, because I thought that that meeting was really more important than my kids at that point in time. And so uh, thankful we all get to grow up. But uh, uh, and and so. uh, so Chris and I started talking, you know, I, I would really like to work in town. I'd like to work, work close by to the house so that if there's something going on at church and, uh, and, or something going on at the school, I could be a part of it or so Chris could get help because, uh, you know, even though she was working, she was working there. Maybe she was I mean, not working then. Uh, she was probably working part-time then. She worked part-time for many years. Uh, but still, she needed help and, and uh, you know, we were in this together and so uh, uh, and we got to talking, you know, we've never actually prayed about this. So we sat down and, and uh, uh, I remember it was a Sunday night. We sat down and said, and the prayer was, Lord, you know, I desire to have a job uh, that's at least as good as the job that I've got, uh, except close by. Because the Lord doesn't take you behind. He takes you forward. And we, we were faithful tithers and givers, right? And so uh, we, we wanted the windows of heaven to be opened up for me to get a job. Uh, that was close by that met these requirements. Well, that was on a Sunday. The next day, I went into work, and the boss comes and says, "Hey, um, this facility that we're working out of, uh, the companies decided to close it down. Uh, and although you guys get to keep your job because you're not really part of that manufacturing group, you're just a, 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 a same company but a different uh, division. Uh, you guys are going to move your office somewhere. Uh, and so I didn't say anything about it, and I'm thinking, well, this just you know sounds like the Lord to me, right?" and so uh, a couple of days later headquarters called up and said why don't you all find an office that's in the town where I lived and, and just move your office there and just keep, keep the same job, keep doing the same work uh, except uh, be close by uh, and, and so and we did we did that exact thing uh, and, um, and it was a blessing of the Lord uh, and well you know if we hadn't prayed that they might have said well just shut her down and move to you know to, to Detroit or somewhere that the Lord hadn't called me to be uh, nothing wrong with Detroit but he didn't call me to be there so, so you know I expect my expect, expectation is when I need the windows of heaven to be open then I expect them to be open because I've done my part which is to bring tithes and offerings to the Lord so then, then when I need the windows to be open I, I can just say Lord I need, I need some windows opened and I need you to pour out a blessing that I can't contain in this situation <clears throat> and I can, I can say Lord I've done what you told me to do I've, I've brought tithes and offerings to your storehouse by your direction, and I've not cheated you a penny, uh, and um, <clears throat> uh, I made sure that uh, uh, everything that belongs to you is yours. And then, you know, of course, way above and beyond that. But so, uh, you know, these things are hard. I, I think what, what happens is people get afraid. I think because if, if you look at your tithing, you know, we've given away a lot of money over the years, and and, and if I looked at it, I could just think what I could do with that money. Now, well, first of all, it's not my money. I'd be stealing it. It'd be like stealing money from my grandmother. Uh, and people look at that, and, and it, it's so hard for them to write that check or, or to put that money in the offering. Uh, but for me, it, it's, not, it's not even my money. I, I, would, I would really think of myself as a thief. If I, if I decided to keep a tithe one time, oh, I'm really hard, having a hard time. We're just not going to write the tithe check this time. I, it would be so hard for me to do that. I mean, I just there's just no way. Uh, in fact, the way we do it, just to, just to make it easier on us, we just we have an automatic payment that comes out of our account, and, and the bank writes a check for us, and we don't even think about it. We don't even ask about it. We, it's just automatic. It comes out of our checking account automatically, uh, not because we're afraid to spend it, but just to make it easier on us because we know we're always going to do it, so we do it, right? Uh, and so it's, uh, uh, it would be to your advantage to go back and meditate on those scriptures uh, and, and don't, uh, don't fall for the trap that if you don't do this, you're going to be cursed. Uh, but you do need to understand that if you don't do it, you don't, you're not qualified for the blessings. Uh, and so I want to be qualified for all the blessings of the Lord, uh, and not be, and I'm not doing things so that I'm not cursed. I'm doing it because simply because the Lord instructed me to do it. And I'm thankful that I get the blessings. I don't do it for the blessings. I do it because I love the Lord, uh, and I'm glad for the blessings. Amen. And so, um, so, uh, uh, and we may, we may end there because uh, the next section of verses, from uh, verses 14 to, to uh, really, to 20, uh, uh, he's, he's given a, a rundown of the support that the Philippian church had given to him, uh, and so I don't really want to break that up there, but uh, uh, <clears throat> I think it'd be good to, in all of these verses, because he continues on, uh, continues talking about financial uh, uh, blessings from the Philippian church to his ministry and so because of that there's other things that we'll talk about Paul and if you go through all of Paul's writings he actually has quite a bit to say about finances uh and um uh, and they all make sense right they're all they're all sowing and reaping and and uh, they're all good verses there uh, and so we'll talk about we won't talk about every verse in the bible about finances but the, Paul does have a lot to say about it in his writings and so I think it'd be helpful to, to uh go and, and line that up with what he's telling to to Philippian church to what he told some other churches uh, because there's if you look at all of Paul's writings, there's really a good balance in his teaching. It's not just really extreme. the the thing that The thing that bothers me sometimes about uh, the ministry uh, that I see is that some some ministers uh, they kind of start bragging about you know their jet airplane or their you know uh, I know one minister was talking about his three hundred four hundred four hundred thousand dollar car that he had, and, and, and to me it was just I don't know it, it was. I don't care, right? I don't, the Lord can bless you all you want. But, but you know, there's people that, that, are, that are making minimum wage, right? And they may make minimum wage maybe all their life, right? Uh, uh, and, and to get up and start talking about uh, these things like that, you know, that, that's what pa- Brother Hagin talked about, the ostentatious lifestyle, about living a life in such a way that was so extreme from a, from a financial perspective. Uh, uh, and, you know, I'm not going to say, well, they don't need a car like that. It's none of my business that they have a car like that. But you shouldn't also belittle other people in the in the church because they don't have a car like that. And to imply that, well, if you don't have a car like that, then then you're not spiritual like me. And and that's that's the kind of tone I hear sometimes from some of these ministers that if you're not super wealthy like I am, uh, then then, uh, you know, you're not nearly as spiritual as I am. You know, from my perspective, I don't want a car like that because, I mean, where would I get the oil change? So I have to drive three hours to get oil. I'm just, you know, that's just me. I'm kind of practical about stuff like that. Don't really, not really interested in doing those types of things, but I don't care that you have it. You know, I know, I know Dr. Dufresne always wanted a, a um, ranch in Colorado. I don't want a ranch in Colorado. Then I got to mow a ranch. I don't want to mow a ranch. I got other things I'd rather do. Uh, but he did, and he, and he desired one, and the Lord got him one, you know, and I, I'm glad for that. Uh, and he, but he never bragged on it, uh, and so it, it doesn't happen very often. But every now and then, I hear ministers talk about their particular lifestyle, and it's so it's so beyond what your average Christian has uh, that it just it just kind of sounds like they're bragging and acting like they're they're kind of more spiritual because they have those things. And, and you've got to you've got to be careful about that. You know, if you have nice things, fine. You know, nothing wrong with having nice things. Uh, and I've got I mean, if people looked at my life that uh, worked minimum wage, they would think I have nice things. Uh, and so but you it just you've got to be careful about trying to belittle people in, where they're at in their faith because they don't have the same lifestyle that you have uh, and uh, but at the same time I'm not gonna not drive you know I'm not gonna drive a radio car and I know one fellow said that you shouldn't have a nice Bible because if you spend a hundred dollars on a Bible then uh, you that you could have sent a hundred Bibles to China for for a hundred dollars uh, and uh, from my perspective, it's like, well, I think I can do both. I can buy, go buy my nice Bible, and I can send 100 Bibles to China. Uh, God's not limited in those things. And so, uh, you know, there's a balance in these things. Uh, I think everybody knows when people are flaunting their wealth, uh, that's, that's when you get, I think, into error, into excess from the Word of God. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, the Lord never rebuked Solomon for the wealth that he had. The Bible says that, they were, that he was so wealthy that silver in the in the in the city of Jerusalem where Solomon was at silver was just like uh, uh, was like coins, right? It wasn't it wasn't even worth anything because there was so much silver, uh, and, and so uh, in all of uh, all of uh, Solomon's wealth. In fact, Jesus mentioned Solomon's wealth, right? Uh, that uh, in all of his glory, that even the even the flowers of the of the field are arrayed uh, in a much greater amount of glory than Solomon all of his wealth. He never rebukes Solomon for his wealth, and the Lord won't rebuke you as long as you're, you're not trying to be um, uh, showy in your wealth, right, to, to diminish others because of are lack of not being in the same level of wealth that you're in. So uh, find that balance. You know, what's the number? There's no number. What's the thing? There's no thing, right? It, it's, it's where your heart is at, right? Uh, Brother Hagen used to wear a Rolex watch. People would give him a hard time about it, but it was a gift to him. And it was probably one of the, the top of the line at that time, probably a $20,000 Rolex watch. And he'd wear it, you know. I don't know if he wore it all the time, but he wore it most of the time. And, well, you shouldn't wear that. You know. It's none of your business, right? Uh, he, was, he was never, hey, did you see my watch? You know, I mean, you know, people, you could see it and observe it because he had it on, but he never made a point about it. He liked it and just and went on with that. So uh, what's the balance? The balance is uh, you gotta find that place in your heart where you're at, right? Uh, if you're going to buy something and the temptation is your heart when I buy that people are going to notice I'd burn it before I'd ever buy it you know that's that's the, that's the, that's the balance you're going to find right there if you buying that is going to make you think that people will observe you and and think highly of you because you own that thing you should burn it and never buy it and then go pray until you get that out of your heart and then once you get that out of your heart maybe the Lord can bless you in order to be able to buy something like that so uh, I'm not going to tell you what the limit is I'm going to tell you what the, what the thing is but uh, but to me, it's, it's distasteful when I hear people brag about their particular uh, insanely expensive thing, right? Um, uh, and so without, without telling you you should ever buy insanely expensive things, amen? That's none of my business. But, uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So Father, we do thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you for all the blessings of heaven. Lord, we thank you that you are a provider. And Lord, according to your words, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. It doesn't matter where I am, Father, what I'm doing, what I'm called to do, Father. It's not too big or too hard or too too long or too, too short or anything, Father. I'm able to do it. Uh, Father, I, uh, I can be empowered. I can be a force in everything that you've called me to be, Father. And so, Lord, I thank you for these things. I give you the praise and the honor for them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, uh, you be blessed. And... Uh, We'll see you all on Sunday, right? So we're going to not have prayer this Friday. We'll we'll put that off to next Friday, and uh, we'll be back here on Sunday morning. Amen? Oh, uh, one other thing real quick. um, For the church folks there, I mentioned that uh, Sunday or Saturday, um, and I meant to mention this at the beginning of the service, uh, but uh, Tommy Mize, which is Libby Mize's husband, you know, we had her funeral about a month ago, and he passed away, uh, and uh, he had been actually sick, uh, for quite a while uh, in the last year or two and uh, he has succumbed to, to his sickness there uh, and they, the family has called us and asked if we could do the service here at the church so we're actually going to do his service here at the church on Saturday morning uh, we're going to have visitation at 10 o'clock uh, and then the service will be at 11 o'clock uh, and if the church folks would come that would be great just to support the family even if you don't know them uh, you know it would be a blessing to them if you're able to come uh, and, uh, and we're bringing foods if you want to bring some finger foods that'd be a blessing to the family uh, so that they can eat and, and so um, uh, I don't have the, the obituary or details yet but uh, uh, we do know it would be 10 o'clock on Saturday morning visitation and the service will be at 11 o'clock so if you can make it out that'd be great to support the family there and just to comfort them I, I don't really know a lot of his family I know uh, some of his family but uh, uh, I talked to his daughter who I uh, didn't really know at all uh, and uh, she's t- take care of all the arrangements there. So, uh, but, um, uh, so if you're able to come out, that'd be great. And otherwise, have a, have a blessed week, and we'll see you all on either Saturday or Sunday.